Hello and welcome to episode 74 of the Make Dementia Your Bitch podcast. I'm Rita Jablonski and I am your host. The first part of today's podcast will be a replay from last week's live webinar, Four Ways to Avoid Arguments When Caring for a Person Living with Dementia. After that, I will talk about when to start taking over care. This is a situation that many family caregivers struggle with. We want to protect, but not neglect. And oftentimes family caregivers really struggle with when to start doing more or supervising more care because they don't want to prematurely put limits on their family member living with dementia. That will be the second part of the podcast. So sit back and enjoy. This is the Make Dementia Your Bitch podcast, where I explain how caregivers can lovingly respond to confusing or challenging behaviors and reconnect with family members living with dementia. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes and is no substitute for medical advice or care. Avoid arguments. And this is pretty much foundational information so that you can just get off that hamster wheel. Because if you're caring for a family member with dementia and you want to stop the endless cycle of arguments and protests, this is where you want to be because this might sound familiar. You might hear your loved one saying, I can drive just fine, but the car is covered in dents and scratches. I don't need your help, but there are piles of unpaid bills on the dining room table and the fridge is filled with spoiled food. Or you hear, I just took a shower, but your family member is sitting in front of you and they're looking rough wearing soiled clothing. When you are dealing with this every day and multiple times a day, you need real help and not just silly TikTok videos, but real concrete help. So that's what I am diving into today. So whether you are a family caregiver for a person living with dementia or you're helping a family caregiver, this is the webinar to be to get the support and tools you need so that you have a calmer and less stressful experience so that you can lovingly respond and reconnect to your family member living with dementia. So you're joining this and I'm Rita Jablonski and I'm a nurse practitioner, researcher, and expert in non-drug ways to prevent and manage many dementia behaviors. I've been working with people living with dementia for the past 40 years, and I've been helping family caregivers for really the last 20. I've published a book called Make Dementia Your Bitch, and I host a podcast by the same name, and that podcast has been in the top 10 dementia podcasts for 2022 and 2023, so that's pretty exciting. But I didn't always know how to prevent and manage common dementia behaviors, especially the hamster wheel of arguments and protests. 
that people living with dementia give to caregivers. In fact, when I first started out as a nursing assistant in the mid 80s, 40 years ago, I was bombarded with protests and arguments and I didn't know what to do. So I started to find solutions by trial and error. And that's what I did until fast forward in the 90s when I was getting my PhD and I started delving into neurobiology and learning more about brains and behaviors. And everything started to click because I realized that the brain changes were causing behaviors. So the goal of this webinar today is to share with you four immediate steps you can take to handle protests and arguments right now. And I see one more person has joined. So I'm going to open up your microphone and camera for when you want to start asking questions. Okay. Ah, there we go. So I want to share with you four approaches you can take with you right now. The first one is the okay and. People living with dementia start out with having issues with short-term memory, and then it progresses for longer-term memory. And oftentimes, the first thing we all do, and I did it too, is to use logic and use the term remember, I told you. So when the person asked me the same question you know, six times, I would say, I just told you, I remember having someone who kept asking me what time it was and being human, I would answer, you know, what time is it? It's nine o'clock. What time is it? 9.01. What time is it? 30 seconds since the last time you asked. That wasn't helpful. And then the person living with dementia would get very angry and upset with me because in their mind, this is the first time they've asked the question. And one of the things that can help you get off that exhausting argument loop is to use the okay and. Okay as in, okay, I've heard you, and then you bridge to another topic or activity jumping off the and. For example, why can't I drive? I drive just fine. I want to drive. One response can be, okay, I hear that you want to drive and dinner is almost ready. Can you stir this? Can you help me by stirring this? It's going to feel rude. It's going to feel like you're dismissing the person. And it will take a few times to get used to this. But it's an approach to get off of that argument loop. I don't know if any of you have, have ever driven in places that have those roundabouts, which I hate. They're, they were big in Jersey for a while. I think they're still there. And when I was driving in Sarasota, every friggin' intersection had one of those roundabouts. And if you're not careful, if you get in the wrong lane, you may wind up driving around and around until you can get into the outer lane and get off 
one of the ramps. And there are times where caring for someone with dementia feels like you're in a nonstop roundabout. So one of the strategies you can tack on or layer on the OKN is asking for help. And it's a great distraction and it works great with the OKN approach because people with memory problems often aren't sure what they should be doing, especially as the dementia becomes more progressive. And not knowing what they're supposed to be doing can be a source of anxiety. I've had people saying to me, where should I be? What should I be doing? So by asking for help, you are providing necessary structure and direction while easing them out of the argument loop. And using the above example, I want to drive, why can't I drive? Okay, I hear you want to drive. And dinner's almost ready. Can you help me and stir the sauce? Wow, that's great. It also is a good approach to keep the sentences short and direct. So I have a colleague who, when she tries to work with her family member, she gives this whole background story. Instead of saying, please get out of bed, she'll say, you need to get out of bed because I have to go to work. And if you don't get out of bed, I'll be late for work. The only thing the person living with dementia is going to hear is I'm going to be late for work, which then her family member says, why are you going to be late for work? Why are you going to work today? And it just turns into this other new loop. And I've been working with her and saying, keep your sentences shorter because with the memory problems, people can only hold on to a couple short sentences. So in the beginning of the dementia journey, you can say, please take the dog outside and then feed her. As the dementia gets worse, it's going to be, please take the dog outside. And when your family member comes back in, please feed her dinner. The most controversial one, I get a lot of pushback on this, is to apologize. And so many family members say, I didn't do anything wrong. I know you didn't. It's a technique. Here's an example. You've told your mom or your dad that they have a doctor's appointment, or maybe you've told your spouse. It's today is Monday, and you told them Friday, you told them Saturday, you told them Sunday. It's on the calendar. There is the postcard from the doctor's office stuck on the fridge. You get up in the morning and you're getting trying to get things together and they're still sitting in their pajamas. And you say, you need to get ready for your doctor's appointment. And your family member looks at you with a totally blank look on their face and say, what doctor's appointment? And it is really tempting to say, the one I've been talking about, the appointment on the fridge, here it is on the counter, we just talked about this. That's not going to go anywhere. That's going to take you right on that roundabout argument. No, you didn't tell me. Yes, I did. You're crazy. You're always saying things. And you those of you listening probably know where this is going. Instead, you can say, oh, geez, I forgot. You have a doctor's appointment. Let's get ready. So these four strategies actually complement one another, and they're really great to get off the argument loop. So that was last week's 
live webinar, the March 6th live webinar. I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I'm going to talk about when to start taking over care, ways you can maintain your family members' independence while also balancing their safety. During the March 6th webinar, one of the participants asked a really good question. How do you know when to step in and take over care? She noticed that her spouse with dementia was more irritable than usual. He finally told her that he was in pain and pointed to his underwear. When she removed his underwear, she saw that he had a horrible rash. It looked like a really bad yeast infection in the folds of his skin. The rash was red and angry. She asked him how long it had been going on, and he could not tell her. Her question to me was, why didn't her husband say something sooner? I explained to the participant that, regardless of the type of dementia, as the confusion worsens, the ability to tell others about pain or problems lessen. I recommended what I call spot checking throughout the dementia journey. The individual living with dementia often does not realize that he or she is getting worse. And because you're living with the individual and the change is happening so gradually, you may not pick up what's going on. I guess the analogy is if you are slowly putting on weight, like a quarter of a pound here, a couple weeks later, another half a pound, all of a sudden you wake up one morning and the pants don't fit. That's similar to living with a person who has dementia. You have to occasionally check up on them and see what they are doing to spot problems that tell you, hey, this person needs more help. I need to help out more or I need to keep a closer eye on my family member. I recommended that the caller stay in the bathroom while her husband showered and do something like put away towels, take stuff out of a drawer, just look busy. And while she was occupied, she could peek over and check to make sure he was washing himself completely. If he was skipping steps or soaping himself and not rinsing it off, she would need to gently help him by cueing him to wash specific body parts or to rinse off. I explained that it was important to keep him safe, keep him from developing rashes or other problems while encouraging him to do as much care as he could safely do. I made it a practice to spot check when I was a caregiver and it happened by accident. When I was caring for my family member, We had a routine where every morning after breakfast, she would wash the coffee cups. I always tossed everything in the dishwasher, but she insisted on washing her own coffee cup or mine, or if I happened to be home and I made us both lunch, she would insist on washing the few dishes and utensils involved in making sandwiches. I let her do it because she felt like she was helping me and this was important to her. 
She would wash the plates and cups, dry them, and put them away. One morning, I pulled out a coffee mug that was dirty. It was her coffee cup from yesterday. That morning, after breakfast, I told Mary that I would dry and put away if she washed. I pretended to be wiping the counter and observed that Mary was picking up the coffee mugs, dunking them in the soapy water, and putting them on the draining board to dry without rinsing them off. I didn't say anything. When she was finished, I thanked her and waited for her to leave the kitchen. I quickly put everything she had washed into the dishwasher. From that moment on, I knew her dementia was getting to the point where she was no longer able to safely wash the dishes. I stopped by the dollar store later that day and picked up a couple of plastic cups and dishes. Those plastic items became the ones Mary would wash while I secretly moved dirty dishes to the dishwasher, which Mary never opened. She never, you know, messed with the dishwasher. Mary also liked to make salmon patties on Friday. After the dirty mug episode, I started to watch her make the salmon patties. My cover story was, hey Mary, could you teach me the recipe? She laughed, telling me I could read it for myself, but I, I insisted that I needed to watch her do it so I could learn. Every Friday, I watched her make the salmon patties to make sure that nothing wound up in the recipe that did not belong there. Over time, she started to get more confused, and when the entire egg went into the mixture, shell and all, the roles reversed. I made the patties while she helped me. Family members may feel like they are spying on their loved ones with dementia. You aren't. You are monitoring the situation and making sure nothing bad is happening. If you missed March's free webinar, I will be hosting another one the first Monday in April. The link to the webinar and to the information is all in the show notes. And the webinars are 6 p.m. Central Time. I also can help people individually. If you are struggling with a dementia behavior, contact me and we can schedule a one-on-one -on -one coaching session. I do these sessions using video conferencing software and multiple family members can intend. In fact, I encourage it. I record the session and send everyone a link. I have helped many people with difficult situations from relocation to giving up the car keys to handling care refusals. When everyone is on the same call, there is less chance for confusion or disagreements between family members. One hour with me could save you many hours of aggravation. My email is in the show notes and reach out and let's see if we can work together. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and together let's make dementia our bitch. I hope you found this podcast helpful. Please rate and review on your favorite podcast platform so other dementia caregivers can find this podcast. If you are a caregiver for someone with dementia and need help understanding and dealing with these behaviors, please contact me. You can find me on Facebook, Make Dementia Your Bee, or email me, info at makedementiayourbitch.com.